Greater Good Radio. I use as a rule of thumb that I'm trying to get about five times my money in three years or ten times my money in five years. Design your home in one minute or less. Inspire. Inspire. If you are doing your passion on a daily basis, then you're never going to have to work a day in your life. You're listening to Greater Good Radio, brought to you by Bubble Tea Supply, makers of the award winning Neptune Ice Bubble Tea. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where we develop tomorrow's leaders by bringing you up close and personal with today's top business people. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to the promotion and implementation of social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me today is my lovely co-host, Carrie Leong. Our show is brought to you by Bubble Tea Supply, the makers of the award-winning Neptune Ice Bubble Tea Drink. Please visit them at bubbleteasupply.biz. Thank you, Evan. Today we have several guests joining us to discuss the business side and explosive growth of the hot new technology called podcasting. This technology was launched in late 2004 and already has over 30 million participants. Our first guest is podcaster pioneer Todd Cochran. In 2002, Todd launched the popular technology news site geeknewscentral.com. Ten months ago, he launched his podcast, which last month had over 1.2 million downloads and moved over 3.6 terabytes of data. Todd is also on his way to being a best-selling author with his book, Podcasting, The Do-It-Yourself Guide, which was the first book released for anyone who is interested in getting started podcasting. Our second guest is a local technology and journalism guru, Ryan Ozawa. Ryan is the founder of the Hawaii Association of Podcasting and HawaiiOp.com a Hawaii-focused podcasting which features Hawaii local news, some Hawaiian music, and personal reflection. Ryan also has a myriad of other technology ventures. An award-winning journalist, Ryan's Best Month experienced over 30,000 downloads and currently reaches between four and 5,000 people each week through HawaiiUp.com, most of them international. Our third guest is Kimo Akane. Kimo is a well-respected expert and legendary radio veteran in Hawaii who programmed the first contemporary music station on FM, KQMQ, and took it from worst to first over a period of 13 years. He also established the first syndicated radio show from Hawaii to Japan called AJI Magic City. Kimo has been recognized as the first Broadcaster of the Year Award from the Hawaii Association of Broadcasters. Kimo is now a consultant for Cox Radio and has his own Las Vegas radio show, podcast, and news column called Kimo's Vegas. Welcome to our show, guys. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks. <laughs> in a nutshell, Todd, are you able to explain to us what podcasting is? Uh, podcasting in a nutshell is um, audio content that is delivered via an, uh, an automated means. For many years, we've been able to listen to audio programming on the Internet via streaming. We've been able to download um, MP3s and app and listen to them on our computer, or even um, manually move them onto our our uh, me mobile media devices. The the thing that makes uh, podcasting different is simply the delivery mechanism. Um, people are able to create content, put it up on the internet, and then listeners are able to subscribe to that content, and then through a software uh, automated uh, process, they're able to download the uh, audio files while they're sleeping. 
and it's automatically synced to their mobile media device uh, basically in the middle of the night. So in the morning, when you get up and get ready to go to work and you're getting ready to walk out the door, you grab your uh, media player and out you go with your content for the day. I call it power walkway content. So it's basically TiVo for audio content delivered via the Internet. Absolutely. Someone can subscribe to a radio show, and anytime the radio show is updated, it automatically shows up in your iPod or your um, mobile phone or your Trio or your computer. I liken it to uh, the TiVo a lot because, you know, if you're busy and you miss a show that you want to watch on TV or you want to listen to on the radio or something that's being streamed, you're able to capture that uh, content now so long as it's been put up as an MP3 format. Okay, so a lot of people out there are wondering, so what? What does this have to do with me, and, and what's the difference? What what impact is podcasting making? I believe the impact podcasting is making is giving uh, individuals, your neighbors, your friends, people that you work with, a outlet to have their voices heard. It allows them to um, reach people that uh, throughout the world easily from the comfort of their home. Uh, that's the impact is that you have uh, – a large number of people now worldwide creating content that uh, were not in the content creation business a year ago. Okay. Having your voices heard, so Ryan, you started a podcast and you have thousands of listeners internationally. Can you tell us how that may have impacted you? Well, I've been really interested in personal expression and communicating and interacting with people online for a long time. Um, and podcasting just struck me as, of course, the next logical step in that. Um, I like Todd said, you know, the fact that one of the big differences is that anybody can get into it, and certainly someone like me, who's not much of a radio personality, wouldn't ever get a job working for chemo, but now have a <laughs> chance to be heard in Japan or uh, the Netherlands or any and or anywhere. Um, you know, before it was getting an FCC license and having a tower with a specific range, and your choices were limited to the odd-numbered frequencies between eighty-eight point one and one hundred seven point nine. Now it's infinite. What? Whatever someone wants to put out there, you can get. But for you, it was a natural progression because you had uh, a website, what they call a blog or a weblog, where it's almost an online journal and very easy to you know, post your, your ideas and thoughts and comments. And podcasting became kind of the next generation. Is that what it was? So that instead of typing, now you can actually talk and, and express yourself. Absolutely. And of course, I was... The, you would call what my site is now a blog, but it was there before there were blogs and before there were tools to make it easy. I was doing it the hard way, um, and I started with text. And uh, yet audio is the next logical progression, but I think there's a lot to be said for the power of it. And, of course, people in radio know this. Um, one, it's a media that doesn't require your full attention to consume. You have to watch a television. You have to read a book. You can't do either of those things in a car, or at least not safely. But audio you can enjoy wherever and you know while performing other duties, doing your work stuff like that. Um, and also, it's more personal. You know, I might be able to write well. I think I can write well. But still, there's shades of nuance that might not be understood. I think that when you hear someone's voice, you can pick up sarcasm a lot easier than in writing. You can pick up emotion and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the true difference between a podcast and just downloading internet media is the ability to subscribe automatically and have it come into your mobile device. Absolutely. So, Every, everybody I talk to about it says, audio on the web, why, are, why is everyone so excited? You know, I could get uh, stuff off the web three or four years ago. I don't get what the big deal is. But, <laughs> I was making funny movements. <laughs> but, but really, it's that sudden, you know, actually people said it's a perfect storm. One, it was 
The audio is easier to create and get online, too. Bandwidth is more common. More people have uh, broadband at home, so you don't worry about downloading a 16-megabyte file anymore. And then, yes, the last piece is the free software that you can get that can manage all of this stuff for you, just like a TiVo, and give you a menu of all your favorite shows, nicely organized by name, category, and you know episodes. I- so... Go ahead, Todd. I think the thing I like about it too is is you don't have to be rich. You know, I'm a I'm a dad with uh, four kids. I have a house, car payment, the whole nine yards, and I'm podcasting to literally millions of people with um, on a very minor budget. Okay, so let's go into that a little bit then. If we're talking about the business aspect of this podcasting, so we say, okay, you can express yourself and you can express yourself in in audio. What business aspect does it have? It started last year, late last year. How many listeners are there? What kind of revenue models are showing up? How can this become a viable money-making opportunity? You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where we develop tomorrow's leaders by bringing you up close and personal with today's top business people. Greater Good Radio is dedicated to the promotion and implementation of social entrepreneurship. Today's guests are podcasters Todd Cochran and Ryan Ozawa and radio veteran Kimo Akane. Today's show is focused on podcasting and its growth and effect on terrestrial radio. Our show is brought to you today by Bubble Tea Supply, makers of the award-winning Neptunized Bubble Tea Drink. Please visit them at bubbleteasupply.biz. The, the listenership on people that listen to podcasts are not going to put up with uh, traditional radio on a 60-minute show. You have 40 minutes of content and 20 minutes of commercials. Uh, in podcasting, the listenership is not going to put up with that. So even though I do nearly a 45-minute show, the most advertising I can put in my show is about three minutes without getting pushback from my listeners. Okay. Chemo, yes. comments. Let's have some. Well, what do you think from the radio like side? 4812. 4812. What does radio think about podcasting? Because you've been in radio for how long? Oh, that's a personal question. Because <laughs> you look uh, so young. A, a long time. Ever since, uh, ever since my, my great-great-grandfather Marconi invented the radio. Uh, what, what does radio think about podcasting? I, I don't think that we really think of it one way or the other. I mean, it's just another medium. Podcasting, iPods. iPods are kind of like, you know, in the beginning we had reel-to-reel recorders, and then those went by the wayside when we had cassette players iPods are almost kind of a similar thing. The actual podcasting event itself, though, is a little bit different because it takes the one strength that radio has, which is the ability to be personal, and combines it with the broadcasting element. So as radio is going through and becoming less and less personal, you have everyone and their mother and their son creating their own broadcasts and calling it podcasts. To me, the problem is podcasts are going to be like what happened with the Internet. Everybody had a website and after you looked at the first hundred, you kind of went, okay, I don't really want to go look at these guys anymore because it's just some idiot with nothing to say, right? And th- there is a, a high level of podcasts that are out there. They're, you know, they're not that great. But there are, on the other hand, there are some that are coming to their own. And those ones are a little bit more voyeuristic, though. You know, you hear the one in the bathtub or – well, I didn't hear that, but, you know, someone else told me about it. <laughs> right. You know, it's just – you know, you, it's almost like voyeuristic, even though the audio quality sucks and it's kind of weird. It's but because – and part of it is too is because there's no FCC regulations. Podcasters can say what they want to say. You're going to have explicit content that's going to be readily available and it's, you know, listener beware. That's for, you know, including parents who've got kids that are downloading stuff on the – you know, surfing the internet same thing as downloading stuff. you got to watch what they're downloading now too. Yeah, so if they're listening to iPod and just has a big smile on their face – 
<laughs> Maybe take an earplug and put it in your ear. <laughs> There's certainly a, a you know voyeuristic and and from the podcaster side a, an exhibitionist side to it, which which has a very limited appeal. You know, my show is more on the personal side and. Frankly, only if you're willing to put up with my quirks and my occasional babbles about my family will you listen. And certainly uh, that format would not work on a terrestrial radio station. And uh, I, think the com- I think the earlier comparisons to blogs are c- continue to be really good because you get the same thing. You have a lot of blogs where, oh, there was this cute guy at Oceans and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, after a while that will grade on you. But every so often – you know, one out of a hundred will be really remarkable. Someone who turns out to have a great voice, a great uh, insight into the way things are in a specific topic. Um, and I think the other strength, too, is you can be really niche-oriented with a podcast. If you're really interested in a specific kind of rare mollusk in the South Pacific, you're not going to have a rare mollusk show on KKEA. But you can do a podcast about that. And every single <laughs> Really? You could if you pay. No. You could, that's true. But you... <laughs> Inside joke. Sponsor yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you, can build, you can do a podcast focused really tightly, and you might not have a – 10,000 listeners but and only 100 listeners, but every one of those listeners would be intensely interested in that very narrow topic. But that's exactly the difference between podcasting and radio. Like you said, um, podcasting can be incredibly niche, whereas radio, by its definition, is mass appeal. How's radio going to adopt this then? I think they already are. You see radio stations nationwide that are rolling out uh, you know, repackaged content. Uh, unfortunately, well, because of some of the Copyright laws that are haven't changed yet for podcasters. You know they're actually having to replace music that they're playing in their podcast with, uh, you know, non RIA controlled um, content. But I, I, my take on that is, and Kimo's probably going to reach over here and slap me, is that people are kind of fed up with maybe the established uh, media bins, being that um, a lot of traditional radio that is out there today is controlled by people in New York who's setting the a content playlist. Now, that may not be true here in Hawaii, but I know oh that God, it is. Oh, my God, it's Big Brother. Corporations <laughs> are coming to get so, us. You know, and, and we, I think I miss, personally, I miss the the DJs actually having control of what's being put on their boards. I think that, you know. But, but that, that didn't happen in your lifetime. Well, I don't know about that. It wasn't. Todd's as old as you, man. No, but I think the, the power got taken away from the disc jockeys as far as what songs to pick back in the 50s. You know, it went to the program directors because you found that disc jockeys were playing whatever people paid them to play. So, right. you know, that Ayola. got taken away. What's wrong with then, that? Nothing. Because <laughs> then, then you just paid the program directors to play what they got paid to but play. But that's still a contemporary problem. There was just that lawsuit recently in New York about payola still going around in this day and age under different names with different job descriptions on the people's business cards. But it was the same scam. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, it, it's, it exists today. It's just a matter of how, how they arrange it. Couple of you know, as a aside, couple of ways that they got around it was they gave the money to the radio station as a budget. Um, the the big thing about payola is that it's controlled. You give control of the airwaves to somebody else in exchange for money. And a lot of radio stations, what happens is the ind- independent promoters, the guys who got paid to play the records, they got paid on every record, so they didn't care what you played. So they told the radio station, all you have to do is tell me before you tell the trades and the record company what songs you're going to play so I can get paid and then I'll give you your share. So they didn't really give up control. But, you know, it is, quote, unquote, probably not a kosher thing to do. But anyway, as far as the disc jockeys playing with the records, which is how we started this, I mean, it wasn't since maybe the late 50s that the disc jockeys had that ability. 
And the only reason it got taken away from them really is because as as radio had competition with television and other things, we had to find a way to make the radio stations appeal better to the masses, you know, because that's the one thing we can't do is we can't appeal to individuals. We have to appeal to masses. I think you really touched on it earlier when you said that's the big difference and radio has to have mass appeal. And, and that goes back to the big basis of our conversation, which is having commercials and, and making money because radio has to make money. The people who work here have to earn a living. I'm one of those hippie little podcasters mm-hmm. sitting in my den talking into a microphone every week, but I could take it or leave it. Um, people aren't expecting anything besides what I put out. There's no responsibility put on my shoulders. So, of course, it's easy. But if you have to run a station, pay for FCC licenses, run a tower, have a studio, have all of this fantastic equipment. Pay um, me. Pay chemo. <laughs> and you don't pay chemo enough, really. But Thank you. <laughs> I agree. You know, clearly there's a You're survival high. element. So it's not, you know, it's. I, I don't believe... Um, that advertising and commercialism is is evil because people have to make a living, and also you know radio being mass appeal. How many people you know are listening to uh, podcasting? How many are listening? Well, yeah, and I think we're you know we're at the very beginning of an upswell. I've seen some uh, reports that are out that um, six million people maybe. I think that uh, what happened to the one that said thirty million? Uh, you know that, those ones in the paper? I think that was a little aggressive in their in their counting, but. It's going to take some time. It's, it's a new media. But I think because you have mobile phones that have got uh, storage on them now, you've got uh, whatever media player it is, be it an iPod, iRiver, doesn't matter. Everyone's got a headset plugged into their ears. Um, when people realize that they can start filling their brain with, you know, not necessarily top 40, but maybe tech, science, whatever the topic may appeal to them, get their daily fix of that type of content. Now, I'm not going to say that Trusted Radio is not going away. Let's that's, that's, that's not make any bones about that. It's not going anywhere. At least not on this show, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I think what you'll see is I think you see niche programs that will do very well, and people like, you know, attached to Ryan's. Ryan has an audience of people that follow him, and they follow him just the same reason they follow Chemo is that they follow him. They tune into his show. Yeah, we like to hear Ryan in the bathtub. <laughs> I've never done a bathtub. No. Well, the thing about that that you touched on is real important is you're talking about targeted content because as an advertiser, you don't want everyone under the sun. If you sell sub-zero uh, refrigerators, you are going after a specific demographic. And if you can get into that specific demographic through a means such as podcasting that has an audience that is willing to listen to it, has a relationship with the person doing the, the podcast, it's much more powerful than – you know, throwing an ad in the newspaper, let's say, and and then and just paying that and, and hoping, you can measure it, you can monitor it, and you can track it. And you you can negotiate very substantial higher ad placement rates than you would on traditional radio because you are targeting that ad. Um, now the same, you know, radio stations when they run an ad, they have to deliver a return on investment for that advertiser. How do they do that though? Do you they, track that? Can you track that, Kimo? Yeah, basically what happens is your business either goes up or it doesn't. If it doesn't go up, you stop using it. That's the big difference between advertising on the Internet and advertising on traditional mass media. The Internet is more permission-based or targeted marketing, whereas mass media, newspapers, television, radio, it's you can only target it so 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 defined. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can buy a certain television show. You pretty much know the kind of people that watch that. You can buy a certain radio station because you pretty much know the kind of people who listen to that. But – you know, when you're advertising a car on the radio, not everybody who's listening to the radio is in the market to buy a car. But when you want to do the same thing on the Internet or in podcasts, you can certainly, you know, 
if uh, George Nita decides that he wants to do a podcast, you pretty much know that people who are listening to him are into cars. So you're going to sell a lot of car stuff. And there's certainly a place for that, for the for the broad approach, what they call the shotgun approach. I mean, Sears would not advertise in a podcast, but because they want the biggest number of ears as possible. They want the entire community of Honolulu coming down to Sears. But maybe they go on Adam Curry's podcast. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think that... That's a lot when, of ears. When you, True, but you, when you think, if you think like an advertiser, you want to know who you're reaching. And there are some places where you just say to yourself, I want to reach everyone. The more ears, the better. And then there are times where you'll say, I'm looking for the, I don't know, slightly older than they think they are MTV fan who listens to Adam Curry tech crowd. You know, then you'd go after Adam Curry. Or if you're talking about like uh, blanket uh, branding as opposed to, you know, typical you know, call it to action type marketing. The approach I've taken is that my listeners are tuning in to listen to my show. If I'm going to give them a 30-second ad spot to listen to, it's got to be an a product that's giving them value back. So if I can save my listeners money every time that they listen to my show or they can put money back in their pocket if they need that particular product, that's mm-hmm. the goal. That's what I went after. And I'm sure that's the goal of any advertisers to get that person in to buy a product. But if I can give added value, that that's the key. And, that's, and we try to spice it up a little bit and change up the promotions. Um, and we've been able to track it too because I give my promo codes out only within the podcast itself, they're not allowed to be put on the website. So the company knows precisely what type of traffic I'm driving to them. And to believe it or not, they are the companies I've been involved with so far are absolutely blown away because we are able to dial in so close on a demographic. Now, people are kind of saying, well, you guys are kind of getting big brothery too because you're able to really know how to market to us. Well, Marketing is here to stay. It's part of our life. It's not going away. Well, well I put it to you this way. And again, we just were talking about payola. Uh-huh. And everybody's all, you know, heck, Wired Magazine's March 2005 issue was the end of radio. You know, they really went off the deep end there. Um, everyone's excited because of the citizen media concept, the fact that we can't trust, you know, with the Jason Blairs out there, with the uh, Gannett, you know, publishers out there, we need to take the media back and generate ourselves. But if we the fall... Revolution. The revolution, supposedly, you know, in court <laughs> But if we fall into the exact same traps, if we end up doing funny business and, oh, okay, I'll talk about your Senseo coffee machine if you, you know, whatever, then, you know, are you really making things any better? Are you, in fact, selling an audience a pure and totally natural American, you know, vision when, in fact, you're, you're doing something else? That's why I love Ryan. He's a purist. And, you know, a purist and, in the purest of forms. And, and Ryan's going to laugh. Podcasters are crossing lines already. I call... Trustier people that are coming into, <laughs> I call, <laughs> I call, I call people that are coming into podcasting jump overs, but they haven't come up with a term for podcasters that are sliding into terrestrial. Basically, podcasting, depending on the show, your listener is going to listen and choose what they want to hear. So you could have a podcasting show that focuses on advertising, and there's just a lot of advertising. If people are interested in that, they'll download it and listen to it. If they're interested in technology, education, or just hearing about somebody expressing themselves on a soapbox, that gives you the ability to do that as well. It's, so, And, you know, a lot, a lot of people are uh, finding a new platform to talk about politics, talk about business, finance, you name it. Uh, there's a topic out there. If you, if, you are, if you are into a certain specific segment that you, this is what you really like to listen mm-hmm. to, you'll find the content. It may not be good, but then again, some of it may be very good. I do want to draw uh, Kimo into this conversation more, though, because I think a lot about where, you know, where radio is required, where you need radio. In fact, where you need uh, NBC and ABC and some of the downsides that sociologists are starting to get worried about when you get into the niching of media. Um, 
before, when you had four networks and four television stations to listen to or a set number of radio stations, in a way you kind of had a shared cultural experience where whether or not you like American Idol, you knew that you could have a conversation with your coworkers about American Idol. You're all watching the same thing at some mm -hmm. level. With radio, you know when everyone's listening to a, a morning radio show and they pull some prank, that's something a lot of people can talk about because a lot of people are sharing in that um, community experience that's created by radio. And sociologists have already published papers about what's happening to our youth when they're walking around with iPods and they're all creating bubbles of content that only they like, but it limits, in a way, how much they can interact with another person to some extent because they're no longer being able to have some baseline of cultural you know, experience to, to, to converse about. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of things. First of all, the wired thing that you brought up, that to me is written by a bunch of people who are paranoid about big corporations running things. But everything is run by a big corporation with the exception of maybe KKA, which is a big little corporation. But you know what I mean, right? <laughs> There's course. a lot of that corporate <laughs> yeah. paranoia that goes around. Yeah. But the worst thing about it is the guy who writes for Wired works for a bigger corporation than most radio stations with the exception of Clear Channel. So, you know, the, the thing that they don't understand is what commercial radio does is it's a mass appeal business. It was never intended to be a personal medium. Never. But... Because radio people use it personally, people cross the wire and get confused. That's the thing about podcasting is it's exactly the opposite way around. It's a very personal thing that people can choose or not choose to be a part of. Like we were saying earlier about the Internet, how, you know, when it first started, you had everybody having a Web page. And then now it's kind of gotten down to, you know, you're not going to look at uh, Joe Blow's Web page because he happens to put something up there. You're going to go cruise for stuff that you're interested in and I don't know about you, but I go to pretty much the same places almost every week with an occasional weird thing that a friend might send me. We, about, we won't you know, ask about that. Drunken pictures or something <laughs> like that. You know, but aside from that, you know, you're pretty much going to the same places every day. You know, you're looking at the same trade magazines or whatever it is. But as far as uh, where radio is going to go, I mean, they keep talking about how radio is dying and radio is dead. Radio, the thing about it is it's simplicity. You turn it on, it's there. You turn the dial if you don't like what you're hearing to go hear something else or you push the other button. Now, with podcasting, you got to spend a whole lot of time finding something that you want. It's the same as making a mixtape. You have to go through all these songs. I want to play this song. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, by the time you're done, it's like, you know, I don't think I want to listen to what I just made. It's just it's too much effort. Most people aren't willing to put that much effort into things once they've developed a life. Not that, you know, those of us in this room don't have a life. I mean, some of us do and some of us don't. And, okay, I don't. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying is most people are busy. they got stuff that they want to do. And creating content is not something that they want to do. So the podcasting thing, I mean, yeah, we'll see it go up and there will be a whole bunch of people doing things. And then it will go back down to where, you know, the quality guys will be doing things because – People are buying into it. People are listening to it, supporting the advertisers, doing everything else. We're already Did I answer that. your question? I'm not sure I, I got quite that far. No, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, radio is controlled the way it is because it is considered an asset of the public and a very important one. Isn't the amazing thing, too, that <laughs> podcasting is kind of therapeutic, too? I talked about it in my journal I have online. And I swear, if I'm having a bad day and then I just un, I talk about whatever or have a good day, it, at the end of the day, I feel so much better. Save now, money on therapy. I know we're almost out of time, but one thing that you did remind me of is another thing that radio, need, radio has that we need is more training. I mean, 
anybody can do it, which is the good thing. Anybody can do it, which is the bad thing. And a lot of people in the blogging world learned the hard way about libel, copyright law, and lawsuits and divorces. <laughs> and I, I guarantee you that you know there's already been a podcaster fired for his podcast for messing around in his church, offended his boss, he got canned. And a lot of people who do this now from home are not getting the same media training that experts like uh, Kibo are getting. So they don't know what lines not to cross. Well, like you said, we're almost out of time. But for people that are interested in learning how to do podcasting, Todd, can you tell us how we can find out more information about that? Do a shameless plug here. Go to Amazon.com forward slash podcasting. I think it's uh, on sale now at thirteen sixty five. Good old Amazon for discounting stuff. But you can find it over there. We'll have a link at our site. You can come over there and click through, please. And you do seminars once in a while or workshops that we've been to? Uh, that was, a, I think that was a pretty much a one-time event, but I can do on a demand basis. I can do seminars. Okay. And then um, we'd be interested to hear about your podcast, Ryan. Where, where can we find that? Well, my show is HawaiiUp.com, which is just Hawaii with UP added to the end. And also, I'm with the Hawaii Association of Podcasters, and you asked about where people can learn about it. Definitely come to our site. All of our members do presentations for different groups around town, and we'd love to um, invite you to come and learn about it. So at HawaiiPodcasting.com, you can find out what's coming up. We'll have links for that, too. And and Kimo, I know that you are on the radio terrestrial side, but do you think you're going to be doing some podcasting yourself? Actually, we're rebuilding my website, and uh, we're loading all the prior shows that we've done up on, uh, uh, I, I think it's iPod. iTunes has the, the directory. The directory. These are the guys to ask. What, what's the um, web address? Uh, Kimosvegas.com. We'll have a link to that, too. Thank you, Todd Ryan and Kimo, for joining us today on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. This was an interesting show, and we hope that you'll join us again in the future. For you listeners out there, please join us in the after show portion where these guys talk much more about podcasting, its effect on business, and how you can do your own podcast. If you're interested in more insights on the business side of podcasting and the inside story of successful entrepreneurs, please go to greatergoodradio.com and listen to the after shows. This show is brought to you today by Bubble Tea Supply, the makers of the award-winning Neptune Ice Bubble Tea Drink. Please visit them at bubbleteasupply.biz. Please stay tuned to Sports Radio 1420 for another intriguing episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.